Hi, everyone, and welcome to Life Growth. Today, we are going to be talking about college experiences, expectations, what happens, and basically, more or less, everything that happened to me when I went away to college in hopes that someone will find some kind of use for this information other than it really sucked to live through it. So here we go. So I graduated from high school in 1998. Had about a 3.7 GPA. I was admitted into the University of Dubuque, which was a small college um, in the town of Dubuque, Iowa. There were three colleges in that area. And I had a declared major of pre-law. Simple, right? So first my family go to college, go to that family orientation day, signs and papers, don't know what they say, go to your dorm, sign some more stuff, don't know what it says, and here you are. Parent leaves, you're on your own. Um, before I got to college that summer, I spent volunteering with Earthwatch Institute. So I had won the opportunity to receive a scholarship to go study wild horses on Assateague Island. Again, great. Thought this was setting me up for some great things. It actually did work out pretty well. Um, my Earthwatch expedition, I was able to contact the college directly and ask for three college credits in exchange for uh, the research and the information I was going to obtain on this expedition. Um, they did allow me to do that if I wrote an essay. So again, here I go. I've got everything figured out. I am such a fool. I thought I can control my own destiny. Um, not always. There are so many things that are out of control. Of my control specifically. Or because I don't have the right knowledge, I can't make the right decision. What I don't know was once I went away to college and was allowed to make my own choices, I would. And because I didn't know the rules, I didn't know how to break them or not break them. I mean, my soda consumption went from, I lived in a house where we had like one soda a day. Got to college, I became a Mountain Dew addict. I couldn't get enough of that stuff and it did not keep me awake because I became numb to it. So we always fear, we always have fear of the unknown. We are all sheep in need of a shepherd. At least that's how I feel. Um, I don't know um, who I was allowed for others to become my shepherd, naively realizing that their reasons in a situation might not be for my best interest. What I mean by that is I'm supposed to be shepherding, or I'm supposed to be letting God shepherd my life, and I'm supposed to be, you know, praying and being discerning, gathering good counsel. And, well, instead, I just walked up to any pretty much idiot person and was like, oh, you tell me everything that's going on in the world and I'm going to believe you. Why? Because you sound like you know what you're talking about. Not that you actually do. Um, I quickly fell in with a, fast, with a fast crowd. They had street smarts. I had book smarts. Um... Let me just say, I do still believe that a person either gets one or the other of those. Um, there are a few people I've seen who have both. Um, they are definitely some dangerous people who can manipulate the heck out of you. Um, but I can regurgitate information on demand. So I know 
And the funny thing is, is that as I've developed my education throughout the years, I hate regurgitating information. As a matter of fact, I think all standardized tests are crap. Because what are you teaching your kid? That they can say the Declaration of Independence was signed on July 4th, 1776? That's not even true. It took months for them to sign the Declaration. It was not signed in one sitting. So all these things that we have people regurgitate back to us aren't even true. So, I mean, really? Are they really wrong when they get a multiple choice question wrong? I don't think so. The biggest thing we can do in this world is to critically think, to look at why somebody is telling us something. Um, and I think that's the difference basically between people who become book smart and people who become street smart. They always look to see what the edge is and they do not see the world in black and, black and white. So while I do have book smarts, on a huge level, I do have, I wouldn't call them street smarts. I'd call them I have gray, grayish area syndrome, which means I do not believe that the only way to get from point A and B is to take that line that you just told me about. I think there's a different way. I think there's a better way. I think there's a flaw with your way and I'm gonna figure it out. I have no idea why when presented with some information, I try to find a, a workaround instantly. I'll be assigned something to do and I'll be like, oh, I bet I can find a cheat for that as opposed to doing the actual work. Just saying. It's one thing I do. So, um, I know other people who have perfect memory recall, but don't know the rules of the road. Or they can navigate uncharted water and come out smelling like sunshine, but they can barely read. I think sometimes it comes down to skills that we utilize. Um, and it's in one way or another what we practice, right? Um, you could even go to Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 Hours. Do I believe most of what Malcolm Gladwell says in most of his books? I love his books. I find him fascinating. Any author who you cannot anticipate exactly how it's going to end is worth reading. Anybody who's trying to give you information that you've never thought about before, that you've never seen and put things in a new light, that's worth listening to. As a matter of fact, you guys, I recommend, if you have time and you want to hear a great story about the Boston Tea Party, you find Malcolm Glad Gladwell's Revolutionist History 4th of July episode where he talks about the fact that a lot of times people walk a crooked path. The mafia, uh, the trucking, whatever guys. But they only do it for about a generation because they feel they cannot walk a straight line in this world or that they can't catch a break. So they take their own path and as soon as they can get back to the straight ladder, they do. Which I thought was very interesting. And to learn that the Boston Tea Party, they were actually smuggling in Buhi tea, which is why they were getting mad and got rid of all the tea because they were trying to raise taxes. So it's always good to look for other ways to think about things. So honestly, um, after, so my first year in Dubuque was a lot of partying, kind of. Uh, didn't join a sorority. Classes were pretty much easy. Um, and it was it was fine. There was rush week. I got put onto the yearbook editing, editing staff. And then as the first year was winding down, um, I learned a few things about myself. But 
I mostly learned that someone, I don't even remember who the someone was, but they were so important at that time, I left the school for them. So someone said they were going to close down the pre-law, pre-law program, that it's losing funding and we all need to go to different schools because if you get a degree from a college that's not got a great reputation, forget about it. So I started to think about that. Well, I suppose that's true, right? If I don't get a degree from a college that has a great reputation, then what does my degree mean? In the real world, I don't think anybody cares where the heck you get your degree from. Maybe a few kind of jobs, maybe Harvard and Yale, maybe them people kind of care, but everyone else, dude, no one cares where you went to school. No one cares how much debt you have. I promise you. I've never met anybody who's like, oh, you went to that school? You must be hired. Thank you. It doesn't make a difference. Go to the school that's the best fit for you. My advice. So I had a good school. I fit in the school very well. I was comfortable, again, making friends. But this girl started scaring me that they were going to close down the school. And I had to be smarter, right? Because, again, I'm always looking for multiple paths. Um, How I'm going to get from A to B what I can anticipate as a possible uh, corner that I don't want to take. How can I get through it? So I started researching, trying to find out what I could. Called my best friend. You know that one best friend I had from high school? Yep, I called her because she was taking a year off. So I said, what am I going to do? She said, hey, I'm applying to colleges right now. Why don't we apply to the same two colleges? And whichever one we get into together, that we both get into, we'll go to. I was like, oh, okay, that sounds reasonable. So we picked um, Marquette University and the University of, no, I'm sorry, Concordia University in in Wisconsin. So we applied to both. Uh, She was coming in as a freshman, I was coming in as a transfer. Now here's the thing with college. Don't let anyone, anyone ever fool you. And don't ever think that you can't get into a hard college because let me tell you, their transfer requirements are a lot easier there, a lot easier than their freshman acceptance. So it's okay to go or not go as a freshman and then transfer in if it really makes a big difference to you. Again, aside from an Ivy League school or something that's very specific, no one cares where you went to school. At least in 20 years. So we applied to the, both schools. I had decided I was going to leave. Um, and then the acceptance letters came. I was accepted to both universities. Concordia University and Marquette University. Now, what you may or may not know, Marquette University is kind of like a big deal. It's like, a, I think a Division One school. Pretty positive it's a Division One school. And it's a huge campus. It's a Jesuit, Jesuit, whatever, they're Jesuits, and it's just a big deal. So when I got into Marquette, I told my mother, again, my mom's not college educated, she doesn't know um, a lot of things, but she knows what she thinks she knows, right? Because that's what we all know. We all know what we think we know, which is all information that's been given to us by our family and friends and people we think care about us, but what if they got the wrong information and they just keep passing us down the wrong information again and again and again? Get into that another time. 
But what she did was she's like, oh, my gosh, you got into Marquette. It's such a hard school to get into. You've got to go there. Hmm. So I wait for my friend to get her uh, letters. She gets into Concordia, but she does not get into Marquette. So she goes, well, I'm going to obviously Concordia. And then I decide to be the willy nilly friend. And I'm like, well, you know, it's Marquette. I gotta go. Everyone thinks this is where I need to be. It's not necessarily where I think I need to be. Cause I never even visited the campus. I had never been there. I saw pictures. It looked all pretty and fluffy, but it didn't look like something that was really me. So, okay, got one year college in. Great. Good grades, everything's fine. Second year college, I'm going to go to Marquette. So I move in to my dorm in Marquette, which is in Milwaukee, and my home is in, in Racine. So it's maybe about a 30-minute drive. So I can go home anytime I want. I can have the pressure of my family affect my schooling. And it did. So, I go there the first semester. I don't even know how many weeks I made it, but it wasn't long. I pretty much said, I can't do these classes, I'm done. Um, the education was actually better at Marquette, I will say. The classes were much harder, but the classes that I did go to, I actually did find I learned some really cool things. Um, but I couldn't make it. So I dropped out. They said, hey, you know what? That's okay. You're adjusting. Take the semester off. Take a nice long Christmas break. Come back in the spring and we'll go at it again. And I thought, wow. Okay. Now I got another opportunity. I can do this. So I go back the second semester. Same thing happens. Basically, I go to a bunch of classes, and somehow I never finish the classes because I can't stay at the school because I'm constantly being drugged home into some other kind of craziness. So, some of the things I've learned after my first year at Dubuque were I don't like a roommate at all, and I do typically better on my own. I am a huge procrastinator, and I will always wait until the last minute. I learned that I hate taking my time on anything and I just bulldoze through this, this situation. I am a very quick with decision making, even if I'm wrong, if I've decided it, I'm going. Um, I also learned that I thought the grass was greener on the other side, which wasn't the case. The other thing I learned was that a lot of times um, when you go from college to, from high school to college, the biggest thing I felt was the expectation. In high school, they did expect you to regurgitate all that stupid information. In college, they expected you to actually understand what they were talking about. Um, that was a little bit different for me because at the time, most of my schooling was just regurgitate. I mean, I remember the flashcards of just repeat, repeat, repeat. Don't know anything, just repeat it. Um, so I never felt like I could look at a situation and discern it accordingly. I also learned not to trust my decisions. After that first year, when I went to Marquette, 
and the school and the environment was horrible for me. I should have tried to do something different. I knew it wasn't a good fit. I knew it wouldn't take um, a semester off. It wasn't for me. So, um, I was kind of bummed, but on the positive note, remember my friend, remember my one friend from high school? Yeah. Well, she went to Concordia. Dude, she was loving it. Concordia is like a smaller college. Like, they're all inside. They don't have to walk like 15 blocks to a class in the freaking snow like we did. And she was joining a sorority. She had friends. Like, a ton of friends. And kind of, I was jealous. Because everything worked out so well for her. And it didn't work out so well for me. The interesting thing I've always noticed about my best friend and me was that my friend had standards and she would not compromise on them for anything. What she believed, she believed. And what she expected from a man that she was dating, oh, she expected it. If she expected her boyfriend to have a job and go to college, if he didn't go to college, guess what? She wasn't dating him anymore. Didn't matter how many years they dated. She knew what kind of man she wanted. And I... I remember thinking at one point in college, probably, I was like, dude, she's never going to get married. No guy is going to deal with all that stuff. Yep. Here's another situation where I'm a moron. She is married to an amazing man. She has beautiful children. She has the life of her dreams. She never settled. And I'm quite amazed by that. So now, as... It's the end of spring, and I'm about to drop out of Marquette yet again. I have no other college to go to. But even worse than that, I just got a major issue arise. I had received, oh, a summons for court in the mail. So the story is going to go into a different area, which we'll talk about next week, about what that summons was all about. But... In the end, when I went to the University of Dubuque, I was on student loans. When I went to Marquette University, I was on student loans. If you're on student loans and you don't finish your classes, they pull their money, which means if they were going to pay for it and you were going to have this nice cushy little loan to pay back, not anymore. Now they want their money to be paid in full because the government's not going to subsidize you choosing not to go to college. Didn't know that. So when I got done with these two universities, I can let you know that about three year, two years later, I was sued by the University of Dubuque for $3,000 for, for debt that I didn't pay for a class that wasn't covered. Actually, I think it was a small student loan that I didn't know to roll all together. So I was sued on that. They issued a judgment. Talk about that at some point, too, because it is very interesting how to get a wit out of judgments and all the good things about those but so I had a student loan debt the other thing is I owed Marquette University $5,000 but here's the thing the money I owed to Marquette was not student loans right because like I said if I go to class and I don't take the classes the government pulls their money so I don't owe the government now I owe the university if you owe the university they do not have even close to the same rights that the federal government has for collecting student loan debt. So I never paid that 5600 and some odd dollars to Marquette. 
um, that was charged off. Um, well, it would have been charged off a while ago, but unless that was a debt that was charged off, it was a problem on my credit for a while. So just so you understand a few things. Now, I will tell you that in 2004, I went back to college. Guess where I went? Dude, I went to Concordia University. The interesting thing was at that time, they had an adult accelerated program. So what that meant was you would take history, for example, for four weeks, for four hours, every Thursday night. So, and you would do it with like what they would call a cohort. So you would be with a bunch of other um, working professionals and you would go through these classes and in the course of about two years, you'd have a bachelor's degree. Well, I was going to be smarter this time, especially with this whole student loan debt. Because let me tell you, when that guy sued me for the university at $3,000, I was shocked. I was shocked because I had worked in collections. Actually, I was working in collections at the time. I was just very, very shocked. And when you get sued, just so you know, they don't really care what you have to say. Unless you're going to say, I'm paying it all right now. They don't care. Um, but it was just very interesting. So I was like, I'm not going to take out any student loan debt. So my company offered to pay for part of my schooling as long as it was related to my job. Well, I work again in collections, so anything related to business or finance fit into that realm. So I decided I was going to get um, a bachelor's degree in business. So I did. In two years, I got a bachelor's in business. Um, however, that wasn't enough. I loved college. I loved these people who I was learning with. They were career individuals. They had really cool jobs. And I was the only one in my class who saw everything crooked. And by that, I mean, like, they would say, well, this is what you should do. And I'm like, but there's another way. You have to examine the other way. Um, And it was at a key point when I was starting to question everything. So I went back, got my MBA. I have a master's in business with a minor in almost everything. I pretty much didn't want to stop going to college because here's the deal. Well, I didn't want to get into debt. I would have never graduated with a degree unless I would have took on some student loan debt. And when I mean student loan debt, I don't mean like, you know, a few thousand here or there. I'm like $150,000. That's how much student loan debt I have. And guess what? I'm never going to pay it off. I actually have calculated that I never have to pay it off because the way the government has it set up. So the government has to forgive your debt after a certain period of time. You have to be making payments for a certain period of time. If you do an income-based repayment strategy, it's based on your income, which means once a year you tell them how much money you make and you give them your tax return, and they determine how much you're able to pay. Some years it's zero. Some years it's like $400. Some years it, it is what it is. At the end of that period, I believe minus 20 years because I have such a high debt, they will write it off. But wait, it's not that easy, yo. Because when they write it off, they're going to do something called a cancellation of debt. If they can't, and guess what? They're going to be canceling $150,000 in debt. Because even when I make these payments to them, it doesn't beat the interest. So, I don't know. 
now they want to give college away for free. So I kind of feel I got the short end of the stick on that deal too. But I have figured out that when they do the cancellation of debt, that money that they cancel or any creditor cancels for you is considered income. So now in that many years, I'm going to have a $150,000 rise in income that's not actual cash that I'm going to have to pay taxes for. Because guess what? If not, guess who's coming for me? It's the tax man. And based on my time in collections, there's only one people I don't ever owe. It's the government. I don't want to owe them. They can do whatever they want. I ain't playing with them. Nope. Life's too short. I'd be moving to another country first. So, one thing the government can't do is once you're on Social Security, they can't take your checks. So, I have pretty much timed that by the time my account should be getting discharged, I'll be getting Social Security. And thus, I feel like I have potentially averted a crisis. Now granted, I'm still several years out from this plan, but it's always good to look at things. So, I went back to college, big debt, have an MBA. Guess what? I don't really use it. Like, I own my own business and all, but you don't need a master's degree to own a business. Before that, I was in sales. So, well, having a degree is great. If you can actually sell and you actually have a gift, that's not necessary either. So, college did a lot of things for me. The one thing it did do for me that I'm ever so grateful for and no amount of money could ever be worth it was it taught me to finally discern situations to look at things is walmart bad is walmart good what do they do to their employees what do they do to their retailers i mean all these different angles you can look at a situation and by doing these classes and by looking at things that way i was able to broaden my horizon that i thank you all my educators and i wish i made enough money to pay you back that 150k but yo, I do not. You did not teach me how to make that kind of money. Or embezzle that kind of money. I mean, whatever. But, I was just kidding, by the way. I tend to try to, you know, live life and smile. I say lots of crazy things. But, that's just me. And I told you, this is a completely unscripted podcast talking all about me and what happened to me. So here's my tips. When your kids go off to college, when you are a child and you go off to college and you don't know what the heck to do, and guess what? You're not going to know what to do. Because let me tell you, kids, you are not ready for the real world. It is going to chew you up. It is going to spit you out. You're going to be sitting on a pile of crap sitting there calling for your mommy. That's the reality. It's okay. But see, this is where the reality comes in. It's okay. Stop being an ass and thinking that your parents don't know what the heck they're doing. If your parents really don't understand your situation, guess what? Find someone who does. Find a friend's parent or anything and talk to them because I sure wish I would have. My mom didn't know those things and my dad had left me at that point. So would things have been differently if my dad were around? Probably. My dad was very financially savvy and I wouldn't have made a lot of the same mistakes. But. It is what it is. So ask for help. If it's student loans, if it's debt, look, and you don't get it, 
too not be embarrassed to say, I don't quite understand, but whatever. Or, okay, this is going to be the same for everyone. Because it's not. You have the right to have things changed. And sometimes you can even negotiate with your schools about getting uh, different types of things that will help make it easier. Like when I went to Dubuque, I was able to work on the yearbook, which is like a fun thing, right? But they paid me a stipend. Um, So live with less and be happy. Do decide what college or university you want to go to based on where you feel comfortable. If you're not comfortable, you will not succeed. And again, try not to incur a whole lot of debt. I mean, there's a lot of programs out there, a lot of scholarships out there. Uh, You can find a way to do it without getting that kind of debt. There were a lot of other things going on, which as these kind of go in and out, you'll see other things that were happening at the same time. Again, you already know, I got a summons in the mail that we haven't even talked about yet. And you know I told you I'm a felon, so that's going to come up somewhere soon. Um, So next week, we'll probably get into my first felony charge. It is not my last felony charge. But what it's like to be 18, charged with the crime, and then what? Especially because, if you guys remember, I wanted to be a lawyer. You can't be a lawyer if you're charged with the crime. So everything changed very drastically after that first uh, two years of college. Well, you're in, you're in a whatever college. But that's the advice I have for you with college. Be grateful also that they can't give you a bunch of credit cards because when I went to college, they gave me a credit card for every store in the mall. And by the end of those two years of school, I was over $120,000 in debt with credit card companies. So that we will also talk about at a different point. I hope you guys have a great day. Come back next week and find out what it's like to be a felon. And another thing, college is meant to be fun. College is meant to be enjoyed. College is meant to be lived. So do all those things. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Learn from it. Explore and learn who you are in a situation where it should be safe to become you. Uh, Just be mindful that while you're making those decisions, you really need to make sure that it doesn't have a consequence that you maybe don't see coming because you're not familiar with how things really work. I hope that you also realize that you do not need to go to college to have a successful job, a career, or anything like that. There are plenty of skilled trades. As a matter of fact, I think more of us should be skilled trades um, than college educated. But who am I to say anything to? And I also just want to say, if you do go to college and you have questions, um, again, just find someone who has an answer. You're, you're only, wait, there is no dumb question in the world. The only dumb question is the one that you're too embarrassed to ask. Because that's the question that everyone else has. That they haven't asked yet. So, help everybody out. Do what you need to do in life. And if college is on your journey, then hopefully you can learn that, hey, you can make a mistake that can change the course of everything. So, again, thank you guys. Have a great day.